conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Emmanuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream. Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific? Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Deathstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name, everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory, Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon.
Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? What's up, LinkedIn? Yeah, what's up, LinkedIn? <laughs> Our first LinkedIn live. What up? Good to be here. Good to be seen. Good to be wanted. Mm, love it. Yeah, happy Easter. Yeah, good Easter weekend for you too. And here it's still Easter, and here we're celebrating two Eastern days, so it's Easter Monday. So, gotcha. It yeah. was my day off, but uh, of course, I'm more than happy to make this time available for my two good friends. Hey, yeah. <laughs> no, for a big time uh, podcast, we got to get got to get the viewers what they want. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, just trying to think of last week's episode and uh, Michael Golden. What did we talk about last week? How'd that go? What was epi- uh, the episode like? Yeah, it was a great time, uh, but I'm really excited about this this week's episode. <laughs> AKA, none of us remember what we talked about last week. Uh, just kidding. Um, Uber Super App, right? It was. Was it? It was the Uber Is Super it? App. Yeah, that yeah. was good. Yeah. So uh, very good stuff. <laughs> uh, we had some. Actually, we got a lot of good feedback when we streamed it um, again on Friday last week, and so it was a good. It was a good feedback, and we had a. Uh, yeah, a lot of good talking points. So it's something that we're going to watch in the future. Uh, but this episode is very interesting. It's not something I thought we'd be doing again because I know we talked about like crypto and blockchain and all this other stuff. Uh, we had Luca from Trips Community on the on the show to kind of help educate us a little bit. And we got in so inspired from that episode to launch our own NFTs. Um, but yeah, today's episode, we're going to be unpacking the buzzword of or the buzzwords of uh you know crypto metaverse nfts blockchain and how they relate to travel so we're this isn't a a lesson on crypto and meta it is yeah no if you want to learn something stop watching now immediately because you don't learn anything about metaverse nfts this episode yeah i was gonna say this is (laughs) we are not experts in metaverse we're not experts in investing and we're not giving any advice we are only stating our opinions so yes it's uh, not financial advice don't actually follow our our uh, projections anything related to this but let's see what we can share here i think we have a bit more knowledge than the last time when luca joined so at least me i don't know about about you guys i see they got my interest quite a lot so i was uh, reading a lot about it so let's hope i can uh, that's some, some information or some knowledge there. We'll see. Let's see. Uh, okay. So uh, today we're going to do what's with the noise first. We're going to let grandma come on stage um, because startup of the week actually, you know, goes perfectly into the topic. So uh, let's go ahead and do what's with the noise and then we'll do startup of the week. Good to see grandma as always. Uh, so it seems just like yesterday that we talked about OTA Insight purchasing our good friends over at Transparent, but they've done it again. They've had another acquisition, this time of a company called Crya, a hotel revenue management platform. So OTA Insights provides broad-based hotel data. They acquired Transparent, rolled in short-term rental data, they bought Crya, who's a hotel revenue manager. So to me, the only missing piece now is for them to buy a short-term rental revenue manager, and then they'll have data and its applications across hospitality in general. So 
interested to see what's next. Um, well done, OTA Insight, keeping this streak alive of M&A on, uh, on what's with the noise. Hi, good morning. Well, this time it's the start of the week is actually really connected to the topic of the day, which is a travel X. They raised 10 million seed funding a month ago. Actually, the lead was the round was led by, by Borless Capital. Um, now it's a challenge to explain actually what they're doing, what I understood. But if the guys are watching, please correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, they're using blockchain technology uh, actually to build a better, easier uh, way of distribution. And their focus is airlines. Uh, they're also using NFT. So what I understood as well, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that they are using NFTs as well for distribution, ticketing, etc., which I think could make sense. Understand NFTs a bit. Some things in blockchain are still difficult to explain uh, uh, a bit, but actually they're disrupting the market, the way of distribution. They're using the blockchain actually to enable a solution, which probably can cut a lot of costs and eventually make uh, things probably less frictionless, as they say. So uh, guys of uh, TravelX, 10 million, well done. And then curious what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, of all the things, NFTs are the things I certainly understand the least and the application of it. But there, there's been a lot of news lately about meta, about NFTs, about blockchain, a lot of companies getting funded, getting into travel, and look forward to diving into some of those with you guys today. Um, I'd say the NFTs are the ones I understand the most. I don't, <laughs> understand, I don't understand meta. I don't or... get the the application in travel. Maybe I'm a naysayer, but I, I don't want a digital baseball card about <laughs> a stay I had somewhere. Well, that's, that's a, a poor, that's a poor a use of, of the 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 tool i think i think if you look at loyalty membership community that is kind of the elevation where nfts i think has a perfect application because it's focused on access outside of what you can normally book online so like if you're you know people that have bought our nft right they got a sub sponsorship and speaking of sub sponsorship we want to give enzo connect an amazing shout out for buying our nfts uh we'll put a link in the show notes um, so what they got with that NFT is not like they're going to be showing off the bases of good morning hospitality, right? They're not going to be showing this stuff off to their friends and family and being like, look at, I'm, I'm an NFT holder of these guys. No, no one cares about that. They care about what they get from the purchase and kind of being in part of that community. I think that's where it becomes very interesting. If you look at like people like Gary V and other people who jumped into the space very deeply, it's about access outside of the actual utility of the the art or the the graphic i mean it's not I about the is, art yeah all i know is last week uh the person who bought the jack dorsey first twitter nft for 2.9 million got an offer for 280 dollars. that's mm -hmm. a decrease of 99 percent yeah that is to me why well, it's already much more and eventually going to sell uh, going to be sold for well it's you want to put an auction to see what people are offering so people know it's an auction if they offer less probably don't you won't sell it because you want to have 42 so i think the price is already up 
But it's what Will said is access to a community. Of course, you see the same with the board apes, which costing at least three hundred thousand dollar. You want the access to a community of celebrities or people which which have wealth. So it's more to get access to a community. It's not particularly about the artwork. And I think it's also what is now used for like utilities, right? It's okay. Can I just actually does this token give me access to something, or can I just do something with it? Mm -hmm. Well, teach me real quick on Board Ape Yacht Club. Like, they're getting access to a community. Is it a digital community? Because yeah, we all have access to that. It's called Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Like, no, it's they're using Discord. No, I'm I'm a bit into it now. So actually, they're using a Discord where you have the community. Actually, it's a year ago that the Board Apes actually launched. It's now a billions of dollar company. So, one... so you're still not like actually building a community of people that can meet each other and I think they do they do now so they actually launching events on where you can meet and it's actually so it's starting as a digital community it becomes a real community of people meeting where they can actually also could be business talk but also just okay if you have a board tape you get access to specific events invitation so it isn't really exclusive form of loyalty program or any kind of membership program so I do believe in the membership like like Inspirato does for 75 grand and now they're a member? Well, a guy who I know, actually, it's a, it's a Dutch guy. I don't know. They actually launched, I think, two or three days ago. It's called FIF. I don't know if it could be mentioned already. I think they're in the pre-sale. So actually, what they want to do, they give access to people and give them actually access to specific events, travel, much more than that. So, of course, it's pretty wide. I'm not, I'm not sure how uh, successful it will become because, of course, you can get specific deals everywhere. But initially, it's okay. We're combining actually people with wealth who, want, who like travel. It does make sense. I'm a big believer of the membership economy. I think this is 2.0. Well, they said 3.0, right? I think that before we had 2.0, as, as Luca explained. But I do believe that this community, and, and actually in the last months, I was a bit in NFTs. I bought an NFT, which is connected to racing, for example, GP Metaverse, which is an NFT which gives you access to a community of motorsport fans and also utilities, giveaways. And actually, it's pretty cool to see okay, how more in a niche, more in a specific well, interest, I do believe in them more. I think there's a lot of shit out there as well. If you're looking at the platforms, this is the open seas of this world. You have a lot of strange penguins or, or pigs or, or different kind of apes. This this I don't believe in. I think well, board okay. apes is one of the strongest ones in the beginning. I think if we if we take away the like the highlighted projects, right? Board apes, the uh, whatever you want to call them, crypto like, punks, invisible friends. You take away that type of you. <laughs> Like utility, if we're talking about the application of travel, right? So, like my thinking behind it, an NFT, like yes, someone can buy the Inspirado membership and be an Inspirado member for seventy grand a year, but guess what? Nobody knows that they're an Inspirado member unless they're there, unless they're at the club, unless they're utilizing the membership on site, right? Like you're not gonna go to your friends and be like, "Hey, look, I'm an Inspirado member. Look at my look at my card." Like for uh, I think for the nft side of things like if you have that the blockchain is transparent everyone can see who has the nft who has had the nft right like our nfts that we have for the show like every single transaction that's ever happened a transfer a purchase a mint or whatever is all listed there everyone can see it no matter who they are if they know us or they don't and uh like a good thought behind it for me is like okay for like the book direct show we're going to talk about the conference or like maybe even a private meetup. If we had enough fans of the podcast say, Hey, we want to meet you guys in person and do like a live recording at X, Y, and Z studio or something like that. 
then so like okay cool all of our nft members can get into this club and be at a live event um and it gives you access to that and it's transparent we don't have to guess who has it they can easily see it um if that makes sense that's my thinking i don't know yeah but can't you just do that without nfts yeah but like (laughs) why it's more transferable right I it's also more transferable. It also it's it's a new way of storing things. It's also, of course, it's a trend. But second of all, it's also transferable and it's pretty well transparent, as as Will said. So it eventually, yes, it started the blockchain. Can you do it differently? Yes, of course. But the other hand, if you yeah, see what you, Luca was you, sharing, it's an hotel booking. You're stuck. It's on your name, and if you want to cancel, you have to go to prison. Why I'm not owning this asset of a booking, and I can just transfer send it to anybody else as a digital kind of well, token or digital. So Ross, that that leads well into the next topic, which is blockchain or, or crypto. So NFT sits on the blockchain. I think there's a lot of benefits for travel moving towards blockchain and crypto communities. Um, one of the biggest, just to run through a few, really, uh, there are no chargebacks when you you make a transaction on the blockchain. It is live, it is posted, it is completed. Uh, there are, there's no fraudulent credit cards. Um, it eliminates a lot of the international booking fees. You know, a lot of travel is across borders and it's foreign exchange. Uh, it's credit card fees. All this stuff goes away when it's on crypto or, or blockchain. And then the transaction is done immediately. You know, if you, you've got a big booking and you have to wire money, uh, that can take days. Crypto, blockchain, it can happen immediately. So I do think there's a lot of really cool applications for uh, for travel to move in that direction. Maybe maybe NFTs is just a sub-segment of it, but I think crypto and blockchain has a, a real big future in travel. This would have to be maybe still a bit simplified because I think the process of making payments isn't always as easy. You still have the gas fees, right? So he said there's no fees, credit card fees, but if you have gas fees, which could be tens of dollars as well, it's, it's not really solving the problem directly. <clears throat> but in the hand, yes, I think if things go more smoothly, I think you can cut middlemen and have lower commissions or lower intermediary fees. So is it a solution? Yes. Is I think it's still for a lot of people, it's new. It's no, well, you have in, in payments, you have Bitcoins, right? Which is the biggest. I think in NFTs is only Ethereum or or Solana. So you have a lot of different protocols or, or kind of smart contract or anything connected to it. I think still for people is also still the fear, like, look, if I pay in Bitcoins, maybe I paid for my trip. If the Bitcoins go now, I don't know how much it is, $40,000, $45,000. What if it goes to $200,000? I paid four times too much, right? This is still a bit of the people, I don't know, nobody knows the story about the pizzas, which somebody paid for Bitcoins for a pizza, right? And this guy here. <laughs> so... And it's still a bit like, is it accepted as a real payment? In some country, in some countries, get people get used to it. It's still always a bit like, okay, is it really how it needs? What is the real value eventually? What I paid for my trip in uh, sooner or later? I think still yeah, there are a lot of people made a lot of money with it. They not they can't withdraw it because it'll be taxable. So they, I think they would like to use it for travel. But it can be stable coins pegged to a currency, and, and you still have all the benefits. There is no foreign exchange costs. The, the post, the booking happens immediately. It can't be fraudulent. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're using Bitcoin or a stable coin. Transacting 
on the blockchain is a better way of doing things and will be much greater applied in, in travel in the future. Just like NFTs, because you can't fake an NFT. You can fake a ticket, though, to anything like a private event or anything that we just discussed. So, I mean, I wonder how many fraudulent Inspirato members there are. Probably a lot. A lot more than you think. <laughs> I bet there's not. They're not, they're not <laughs> on the blockchain. Um, I do want to make a point, though, or at least bring up a question, because you just mentioned smart contracts. And so using the blockchain, do you think vacation rental managers, hotel management companies, any type of lodging management association or company would ever go into the blockchain and using a, like signing a management contract via blockchain, via crypto, via whatever this, you know, whole thing that we're talking about is. Um, because I think that's also like an easy way for businesses to get into it. I think it's a, you know, you have an owner that wants to, to have it, uh, have it done, do a management contract, boom, they can sign it via a smart contract. I don't know mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm much uh, uh, equipped to talk about it because I have no idea exactly what goes into a smart contract, but do you ever think that, that um, management companies will go that route? I think, yes, it's 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 the most secure way, right? Is a secure way a signature which can be copy-pasted and, and, uh, in, in a contract. So it is a pretty secure way actually to say I'm using a smart contract because the only way he can sign it is really have all the access to the to the wallet. And eventually, I think also if you look at M&A and the potential when you have a lot of contracts signed and you're going to sell your business, it's of course easy because you can see exactly which contracts are signed and stored. So I think also for uh, for DD, it could be a solution in the future. I think, again, it has to be improved. But I do believe it can replace normal contracts. And I think, well, I think, same place where I'm recording this episode. I think it was a year ago we, we spoke with Hotel.school. And actually, I remember that the, the certificates they were giving to people were actually stored on the blockchain. So it was actually they stored the certificates if you complete the course in blockchain, which means you can't copy a PDF. Well, a PDF you can copy or you can, can make a duplicate or whatever. This you could verify, actually, if the user is the real user. So it was stored. So I do believe in this is another way. So can you really verify agreements or verify ownership? And maybe NFT is an example. But also, for example, certificates of your university. Like, look, you can you can bullshit a lot. And I think if people applying for a job, not many people are going to really check or the, the new company going to check if this is if you really studied at Stanford or Harvard or whatever where, but if you can just do it one click, actually you can verify somebody's uh, certificate or diploma. I think it's a good way. So I think this is eventually could be solutions what we'll be using in the future for, for securing, like, like making sure that it's, that it's real because there's a lot of companies or people faking a lot nowadays. So thank you to the, the LinkedIn user who, who just posted a, a comment. It jogged my memory on one more really big, benefit of accepting cryptocurrency as uh, a booking payment method. People who have gotten in crypto early and made a ton of money and the value of it has soared and gone through the roof, they get taxed on it when they sell it like capital gains. But if they go and spend it on a stay on a vacation, they don't have to pay capital gains taxes on it. They're spending it as, as a currency. So for all of those people who have gotten ridiculously wealthy or, or ridden the wave of Bitcoin or Ethereum or Solana or whatever, take their money, like accepts the booking and they get to save, you know, 
15, 20, 25, 30% on taxes by not putting it back into US dollar and then purchasing the trip. I think still should be taxable because at the end you just convert it into something which will be used for private use. So I guess it's still taxable, but we can ask a tax advisor once to check Don't this. I believe but... it is yet. I think that's the, the loophole no? in the short term. I think that so, they'll figure out how to close that loophole. But I'm going I'm tomorrow on a holiday. Well, that's the whole point of crypto is in the blockchain is like it shouldn't be taxable, well, in my opinion. It shouldn't be taxable. And it's like one thing that the government shouldn't have their hands in. Um, but of course, with its popularity, it's going to happen. Um, but kind of something that's interesting, and I don't know, uh, this definitely wasn't planned for the episode, but um, in security news this week, uh, which this was actually not this week, this was actually in January, but uh, crypto.com admitted to it losing over $30 million in a hack. So my question to any possible like NFT or crypto experts out there that actually understand blockchain and all this stuff that we're talking about more than we do. My question is if blockchain, I, I thought blockchain and all this stuff was supposed to be unhackable. Like there's, there's not supposed to be. So they're hacking the wallets. So okay. your wallet, unless you pull it off and put it in a cold storage, uh, in that case, it can't be hacked. If it sits in a wallet, then it's basically like sitting in a bank account. It's not actually yours. It's mm. it's access to get it from the, the Coinbase or whoever. Well, aren't wallets um, supposed to be secured? Like super secure with like a certain as password? As secure as the bank is, but banks still you, get robbed. But for example, MetaMask, I think you all have a MetaMask, which is the most common used wallet actually for NFTs. Yesterday, I saw an article. It's actually if people has iCloud on in their iPhone, it means actually you're storing the, the locking details, which means if somebody has access to your iCloud, technically he's able to install MetaMask and get all your, your login details and make it empty. So uh, for people watching, I just read it yesterday, even a MetaMask shared this on their, on, their, on their Twitter. So you just make sure you just switch off iCloud actually. Well, MetaMask iCloud backup. And that was a solution. So I think 99% of, of the people doesn't even know. So they're just storing everything. And actually, if somebody has access to your iCloud, that means they have access to your MetaMask. So you think you have really well and 12 word or 24 words password on your, on your wallet, but actually it could be solved. Actually, people could get access only by having one, which is your, your iCloud. So and there's a lot of things which people think it's secure, but by not thinking about a lot of security ways or other ways people can get access to your, to your wallet. Well, since it looks like Ross is already in the metaverse, it's probably a good time to to transition into the the meta topic. <laughs> um, so there's there's been a number of companies where Citizen M is building meta hotels. Uh, Facebook has put ten billion dollars into building this metaverse product. They charge. 47.5% of all transactions. So if you want to go to a virtual comedy show and the tickets are 20 bucks, half of that money is going to be going to Facebook for that transaction. Uh, it's been live, I think, for about a year. They have 300,000 users who've all bought the, the headset for 300 bucks. So no insight yet on how much the average person is purchasing in the metaverse, but I guess plain and simply put, I hate it. Like I don't get it. 
I, I want to live in reality, not in, in this metaverse. Why would I pay money to, to watch a comedy show in a headset when I could either go in person or just watch it on TV? Well, the young generation gets used to it, right? My daughter, for example, they're playing Roblox or other games and they're just buying avatars, they're buying whatever virtual assets. They said, can I just, yes, they asked me, can I get the whatever, 20 bucks because then I can buy a digital apartment. And this is exactly what is happening now. So I think the young generation, for us, it's kind of still strange. For the young generation, it's pretty normal. You can see with football games or whatever on your PlayStation, you just pay something extra and you just buy virtual assets. So the yeah, same as you want to buy clothes for the, for the avatar. This is crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a big age thing. That That's what I'm seeing is the, the young, like, oh, like in like the my niece and nephew like my niece my one of my nieces is 12 my nephew is eight and this is something that's very normal to them very normal in their day-to-day conversation with their friends at school like serious like they're gonna look i've just got this whole image (laughs) in my head of like you get off work in in real life you go put on your meta verse goggles and then you go to work and then you earn money and then you you go on vacation and you, you, you know, book a stay with Citizen M Metaverse. Why? I, I, okay. So like if you go to the, go to the, yeah, I, I don't agree with Metaverse either. Like I think it's something that just doesn't make sense because one is also uncomfortable. Who wants to wear those goggles for that long of time? I don't. I think it's super uncomfortable. I'm much more like you, Golden. I'd rather get on a plane. I would go sit on the beach in real life with a real drink, not a virtual martini or a virtual, you know. Uh, One benefit, whatever. I can't get sunburned in the metaverse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Maybe in the future you will be. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's I, I agree. The metaverse part is very, very weird to me. There's some there's someone that's trending on um Twitter, or not Twitter, uh TikTok. Because he's literally living in the metaverse 24-7. Not, and he's filming it. Like he's got an outside camera like filming him in his room and never leaving it. He goes to bed in the metaverse. He works in the metaverse. He's you know eating and sleeping and like all this stuff in the metaverse. To me, it makes no sense. I would hate that. I would literally just want to jump off a bridge. But what? go ahead. Yeah. No, your butt. I'm now curious what your butt was. I thought we were finished. My butt is, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand the application of the metaverse enough to make any type of point tied to it, but I just don't think that is something that's sustainable. I don't think it's something that anybody would actually really want to do because of COVID specifically, remembering like everyone being quarantined and, you know, not leaving and not traveling and not being on planes. And then as we, you know, kept doing our podcast, we kept looking at the travel numbers go up and up and up and up. People want that experience. We get it cut off for a certain certain amount of time. We're going to go back and to become creatures of habit. And guess what? That is inhuman experience. That that will never re- be replaced. Never. What I want to add, because you mentioned the citizen M. Imagine is it the why? Let's stay in a hotel and you're staying in a digital hotel. There's no experience, right? But the, the, even the weirder thing is that to build this hotel in Metaverse, you have to buy land in Metaverse, right? I don't know if you ever read about. It, you have to. In Sandbox, do you have the Sandbox or then, then Central Land? Yeah. But you have to buy land in Sandbox. And for like the smallest piece, it's, it's sold out already. But if you still want to buy some piece of land in Sandbox from somebody else, you're paying 200 or 300K for a small piece of land in Sandbox. And this is for me still weird. But still, there's, there should be a big business in it. But it's weird. I buy a virtual 
land and I'm going to build a virtual house or virtual apartment on it. I read some people, they're building virtual apartments, now a metaverse. So it's still, it, it is difficult to understand a bit. I think the young generation get it more, right? And I do believe in NFTs and that it's, it is pretty cool to build some utilities in a network. But still, when you see sometimes you just go build, paying a couple hundred K for an apartment in metaverse where you can't really, well, not real sleep, and then you're owning the land. It's still a bit uh, kind of unrealistic. But probably maybe if we do the same show in a year, we might have uh, own, uh, all of us uh, own some land somewhere on the uh, sandbox. My, Who knows? My, or the one thing I wanted to bring into the, the whole thing, because we kind of talked about wallets a little bit, but I don't know if you guys saw, did you see that Arizona State was the, the first state to allow, or I think to have Apple um, Apple Pay, like to, for you to put your license, your driver's license and photo ID and all that stuff in there, and that's being coming and accepted uh, um what do you call it accepted way to prove your id to prove your age to get into a bar like they're actually making that so that way your wallet in general your physical wallet if i had mine i would show you but uh the physical wallet to be completely gone so you can have your debit card your credit cards your photo id all that stuff in there but do you you still travel with a wallet i didn't even took my wallet for i think for for months or even longer i never have a wallet with me you do still i always have my wallet with me always yeah no, it's empty anyway, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. But no, I just never have a wallet with me. You don't have your, you don't have your ID, your passport, nothing. No, I have a copy on it. If they're asking, stopping me, I'll show them my phone. Even though it's not officially allowed, it's. You're telling me that you traveled to Miami or you traveled to uh, the states and you don't have a passport with any type of. Of course, I took, no, I took my passport. Of course, my passport was needed, but for payments and everything you do, I didn't need a driving license in there. Um, and actually, no, actually, when you go somewhere for dinner, ask, they ask my ID. I didn't even have to show that they took it with me and just say you're Dutch. But yes, I, I never take a lot of me. All right. One, one more thing before we get to uh, whose brand is it anyway. Um, D Travel, who is kind of in this blockchain crypto world uh, within travel, just pulled up what their coin is trading at today. It's up 40% uh, today. So uh, I would anticipate some exciting news coming out or, or maybe it already has, but something to keep an eye on. The The ticker of the coin is TRVL. Uh, so I, I certainly will keep tracking this and we'll report back on it. Yeah, they're definitely one like, I don't know, we definitely need to get them on the show because I think unpacking the buzzwords uh, with us three, it's okay, but I'm packing with them probably a lot better. Um, so that's that's always good. Uh, but yes, we do have a whose brand is it anyway? Um, so for any of our audience lis- uh, listeners and viewers, uh, I had you. We... Come on, man! Don't 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 jump in. Too <laughs> Let me explain it. Um, so so that we're gonna put up a random brand, a sub brand, or a gosh, you threw me off. Not a sub brand, uh, a soft brand underneath a main corporate uh, hotel brand, and we're gonna guess who they belong to. Um, we've this was one that I was gonna do, I think, when we had Brandy on the show, but we never got to whose brand is it anyway. So we're gonna recycle it and use it there. So here we go. I don't know if you can see that canopy. Hilton. 
one for Hilton. I'll go Hyatt. Ross is correct. You got Hilton. Yeah. So it did. It did look like a Hilton one, but I thought the orange was going to throw you guys off, and and you know you're going to say ISG again. But anyways, yes, you got it right, Hilton. Good Easy stuff. One. All right, gentlemen. Well, this was a good episode. I definitely think uh, there's more to unpack here uh, in the future. So hopefully we'll get someone from D Travel uh, or some other type of crypto metaverse blockchain company and uh, get them to explain it better because I think that would be much needed for our audience. Uh, For anyone who has listened, thank you so much for all the live viewers. We appreciate you engaging. Uh, Stephanie, what is up? Give you a cool shout out here. Um, Thanks for your comments and all that good stuff here. Um, The next thing I think just before we close out the episode, I want to give my friend Steve Turk a quick shout out. He and I are going to be doing a Spotify live this coming Friday. So if you are, you know, followers of the podcast of slick talk or good morning hospitality, or even the hotel mentor or the hospitality mentor, uh, 12 PM mountain time on Friday, we'll be going live. So that'll be uh, 2 PM EST. And uh, we're going to be chatting about a lot of hotel hospitality leadership and tech and all that good stuff. So very excited. Gentlemen, have a great week. Happy Monday. It was great seeing you. We'll see you guys all again next week. Take care.